Before we launch into this episode of the Dungeon Master's Diary, number 45, I think, I just wanted to register a massive thank you to all of my friends. Then most of those are gaming friends, let's be honest. All of my friends who have stood by me throughout the last, what has it been, 20-odd months of podcasting? But more than that, through, I don't know, 40 years of gaming. And it doesn't matter whether that was a friend whom I knew in sort of 1979 and who got me into this hobby, or whether it's a guy I met last week. I'm grateful for all of you, but I'm especially grateful to all of the gamers who've taken time to sit at a table with me, whether allowing me to be a player in their game or sit alongside them as a player, or perhaps more commonly in recent years, someone who has sat at my table when I have been game mastering and put up with all of my, I don't know, my struggles really. And I just want to thank you as well for listening. If you've been listening to the Dungeon Master's Diary for any length of time, then you know me quite well. Uh, this is an unedited, really no-holds-barred, very personal, horrifyingly, I don't know, indulgent opening of the diary, which I find difficult, but at the same time cathartic. And so thank you. This episode goes to some dark places. Please bear with me because it also goes to some significant light. And I don't want you to give up on the way because it gets difficult. Please try and hear this one out. Things he won't share with us, the darkness in his brain, the dungeon master's plan, the pleasure and the pain. What's better left unknown? Keep calling out to me. I hear him think out loud. Only the brave shall come Open to page one My name is Che Webster And this is the Roleplay Rescue Dungeon Master's Diary Thursday the 16th of July I had a fantastic conversation with Daniel Jones and his friend, I think it's John Madison, or something like that, John. Um, Daniel, John and I had a long conversation last night about um, Primeval Fantasy, which is Daniel's game, and talking around the things that uh, Daniel has shared with me, which has been fantastic to read, and yeah, I get them, but I think the practical upshot of the conversation was that we realised that the only way that you're really going to like teach me to play in a more... Uh, immersive style seeking this other world immersion is by playing so I'm very privileged because Daniel has invited me and John to play with setting up um, and a big part of the methodology begins with something I have begun to talk about myself actually which is this idea of of one-to-one play and beginning with a conversation about the character and their place in the world and then from there, kind of, you know, having the conversation about the objectives of the game and what we're looking for, the character, the place in the world, and then creating the character and then moving into into play and doing about three sessions or so as a goal, really. Um, 
And I think online that's going to be a couple of hour sessions, so perhaps shorter than it would be if it was face to face, but a couple of hours each time playing really with these characters within their normal kind of setting, the world that they, they start in. And then from there, um, you sort of build the party by having, if there's going to be multiple players, you know, you build that up by having these interactions with each individual player, which is obviously a, a much slower approach to play, but also a much more careful approach to play than uh, I think I'm used to. Um, but I'm really privileged. I really feel like pleased that I've been invited. So happy to be invited. And um, yeah, we're going to set up, I think probably next week uh, to have our first game. Daniel's going to email um, some information because uh, this is the other thing. Daniel was talking about how like where you start in the world is very much up to the player where they want to come from. And I realized that I, I kind of, I feel I need that like starting point. I sort of said, I need to know like which village town, whatever am I starting in a little bit about it. And then from there I can conceive a character and fit myself into that world. But equally Daniel is aware of players who, who kind of say, look, I already know what I want to play. I want to play this kind of character. And, and of course then he says, he's fine, you know, sort of inserts them into his world. He knows his world enough to know, okay, that's where I'll, We'll start here then and um, <clears throat> kind of doing it that way. So whether it's player, very player-led or whether it is um, a little bit more sort of GM hand-holding, which is what I need, and um, that's the way in. But, it, of course, it's really important here is the difference of... Uh, I remember um, many times I've, you know, I'm, I'm told that it's really difficult for people to get into my fantasy worlds that are different because they don't know enough about the world. And it's, it's really interesting because, uh, again, it comes from uh, our mindset, you know, if... If you're worried about winning, if you're worried about like doing well and, and gaining power and, and prestige and influence within a world, that very step on up um, goal, then of course you need to know everything about the world you possibly can so that you can make sure your character can function within that world and do well. This is a different goal. It, it's the goal of, of learning about the world, discovering the world, immersing ourselves in that other world. And, um, and you know, when I entered the real world, I, I knew nothing about it and I had to learn by through experience you know i started with a small tiny tiny um sphere of of knowledge you know which was essentially perhaps at any given time a room within a house and maybe not even that i don't even know how much our baby perceives um but my perception has grown over time you know and and i learned about the whole house and then i learned about the community i live within and then i learned um how to interact within that community and um positive or negatively that that community had influence upon me and I grew and then I've become aware of the wider world you know and I think that is uh, the kind of model really for what we're looking for here so it's kind of like situate me now obviously not as a baby in the world with you know but actually probably as a young um, adolescent you know who is just kind of leaving childhood and entering adult you know moving towards adulthood really adult responsibilities but adolescence is probably the right word um, and, you know, your sphere of knowledge is going to be limited um, and then that's OK. And then you go out into the world. And I think as a player, if you're curious, then then, you know, if that's the curiosity that arises from your character, then that's absolutely appropriate to go stick your nose out there, isn't it? You know, anyway, that's, a, that's where I'm at. I'm really feeling privileged about it. I'm really excited about it. And uh, um, I'm really hoping that I'll learn not only how to play in this way, but um in time, or also learn how to GM in this way. Um, and that is that is the goal, after all. Great stuff, game on. 
Okay, the other thing, I posted on Discord, but you told me to call in, so I'm calling in about the usage die mechanic in something like the Black Hack, and how I actually think that the usage die can be used in a really immersive way, because in the chaos, especially in the chaos of combat, a character is not likely to actually know, you know, exactly how many arrows they have left or anything like that, right? In that six-second round, they probably don't have time to look back and count the arrows in their quiver or feel around and try to guess or anything like that. They've kind of got to estimate how many arrows that they've got or how many bullets are left in the magazine or something like that based on an assumption about how many that they've fired and how kind of heavy the the container feels based on how many they think are and and therefore how many they think are still there and therefore the kind of chaos of the usage die which could run out at any time really reflects this idea of you know how many times did i actually fire right it's it's like um in in isn't it in dirty harry clint eastwood uh, you feeling lucky punk is about did, uh, did he fire five times or six? Well, this is that concept on sort of a larger scale. If you have, you know, 20 or 30 arrows, did you fire 28 times? Did you fire 26 times? Did you fire 24 times? Especially the characters probably aren't able to keep that count in their head. Um, and so have, a sort of assumption about how much they have left, but they don't have necessarily a strong, um, they don't have that kind of perfect knowledge the way that the player, if they're ticking off arrows, will have perfect knowledge. And I put forward that maybe the way to do this is sort of like what Daniel Jones was talking about, about not letting the players interact with numbers at all. Um, have the GM roll the usage die when they think it's appropriate or on a certain set schedule and all that sort of stuff. And the players just have to, you know, interpret from the GM's description of, you know, your quiver's starting to feel really light. You're worried that you're going to run out any second now. Um, and what that means for the, um, the character, then you are, you know, immersing in that feeling of being the character because the character's knowledge and the player's knowledge are limited in the same way. And therefore, the the usage die, despite being a sort of weird contrivance on some sense, is actually a way to immerse yourself in these characters. I'll also add that from a kind of narrative perspective, I think it's much more interesting to have that sort of oh shit moment when you reach back and there's no arrows in the quiver. Um, there's a moment like that in the third Hobbit movie with Legolas. Um, and it's, you know, th there's a lot of flaws with those Hobbit movies, but that, that moment is kind of great. Um, and when you take down arrows, my experience with taking off arrows is that it's never an oh shit moment. It's sort of like, well, I saw it coming from a mile away, so it's not surprising or it's you know unfortunate because now I have to do the less optimal play. But it's not you know not that kind of oh shit. I was trying to reach an arrow and there's none left. And so the usage die running out at an inopportune time actually creates that interesting narrative moment.
It's Friday, seventeenth um, of July. This is probably going to come across as a down note. Um, so I'm going to say the main thing up front is that um, it's Friday, and I'm supposed to be running a game of Savage Worlds in Weird War Two, and I can't be asked. I was listening to um, Andy Goodman this morning. Actually, he did an episode. Uh, I think it's entitled something like "Like um, Our Game Is Really Friends." And it's an interesting episode because um, he, at no point does he really question friendship in, in gaming, which is really interesting given the, the very clickbaity title. Nice one, Andy. Um, but actually, uh, it got me to realise something. It got me to realise the gap between, or well, I think I'd already realised this, but it helped me to realise and to put into words the gap between being game master and being a player. Um, Andy elucidated the sort of the work that goes into being game master, and then the lack of work that goes into being a player. Really, um, that a player is someone who just commits to turn up, might have to or other character, but even so, most of the time, actually, or many times, it is the GM ends up putting it in the you know, as he put it, put it into you know, type it into roll twenty or whatever it is that you're running with. But um, and it just struck me that the gulf between what I have to do tonight. And what my players have to do tonight, and how I don't really want to do that. Um, and it's because it's going to be the kind of game that I don't actually really want to play. Well, no, that's not true, you see. I do want to play. I don't want to run. I'd love to play in Savage Worlds game in World War Two. in World War Two. I think I'd really enjoy it. I think um, the challenge of it, uh, the step on up nature of that, that I'm trying to create would be really exciting for me and fun. But it doesn't have the depth. I know it already. It doesn't have the depth to sustain a long term thing. And so because I'm seeking at heart as a GM, I'm seeking to invest in something that has life and, and long term life that um, I don't want to put the time into it because it's a lot of effort, actually. Even doing the lazy GM thing, which is what I'm planning to do, um, of just really not worrying about the world and the backdrop and really not worrying about the plot, and because there isn't one, to be honest. <laughs> what there will be is a loose connection, loosely connected series of, of challenges that are kind of linked by uh, a sequence of events, I suppose. But essentially, um, the order and sequence of those events is up to the players you know, that they, they have the agency, they can choose those things. And there'll probably be some things that I didn't think of that will happen as well that would turn up. Um, but there's nothing there that's sustained. It's sustained on a sort of vague knowledge of the world as it was during World War Two, and twisted and added to with much superheroic power. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, it'll be a laugh, but it isn't you know, at heart what I'm looking for, you know, the, the thing I'm looking for is, is the other world. It's it's not another world. It's it's this world twisted into a sort of superheroic caricature, which is fine, by the way. I don't have a problem with it. I like it. I enjoy it. You know, if you were to show me a movie of that nature, I, I played Wolfenstein is essentially my fav- one of my favorite computer games of all time. It's entirely set in that world, isn't it? Weird War Two. you know, um, zombies being... Uh, made and then really it becoming kind of uber sold at and I think in a way that was what was in my mind when I well actually no I don't that is very much what was in my mind when I pitched this game it was a mistake to pitch it 
because as Arlen Walker said to me a while ago, you know, there's there's games that he feels like he can run as a GM and as many games he feels he can't. And I'm feeling like I just really right now don't have the energy for this. I think if um, I wasn't, you know, at the tail end of a lockdown and shattered after a year um, and running up against a period where I desperately need a holiday. I mean, a holiday from work because work is 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 six to eight hours of my life every day pretty much focused on on sitting in front of a computer and, and today I get to go in and teach kids for a change which is going to be an absolutely wonderful thing but I'm, I'm shattered you know and I think you know I can I can do these games when I have the energy for it it's extra energy isn't it um, but I don't I haven't had a real time um, you know to to spare I suppose there's many other things I want to be doing and there are many things I must be doing so why am I doing it? Um, well, I'll tell you why I'm doing it, because these are my friends. There's four guys who I really enjoy being with. I, I love them with the passion of a friend. And one of them especially, you know, one of my oldest friends, um, who is a total step-on-up player, you know, and, and that's no no criticism at all. It is totally what he's in it for is this kind of get a break from home life which for him is four kids and a wife who's very sick and you know it's a tough life and and they're not um they're not having an easy time of it in and day in day out must be a real struggle you know and to escape from all of that and to come and, and play in fantasy worlds where it is basically you know you get to kick butt and and do exciting things um that is that is you know amazing for him um, the word submission we use in, in that gaming engagement isn't isn't really right, but it, it is that gaming, <laughs> that thing. But it, I think it's escape. Um, I, I don't think the word submission is fair. I think I think escape is probably much more friendly, and um, that's what he needs. And um, with that challenge, you know, he loves a challenge. He likes to win, and um, and I know that. And I want to provide that for him because he's my friend, and I and I care for him very deeply. I love him like a brother, and I want to and I want to be there for him. And I, and I have another friend who, well, actually, I think at least two of the other guys there are similar. They they just need an escape um, from what is you know tough like right now. And and I think actually possibly that is the thing that binds this group of four players together, is they want to come and escape from just everydayness and, and especially now in lockdown and and I kind of want to provide it for them but I don't have the energy and I, I wish one of them would would step up <laughs> in the sense of becoming a GM but I know that one of those guys is running multiple games and doesn't have the extra energy and the other two just don't have the time and space in their day to do it so I'm trying to provide for them and and here I am selfishly moaning about how I don't have time and energy so maybe I just need to show up and, and 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 be a friend, you know. I don't know. Um, I I think I need to find some energy for my friends, um, but I don't really want to do this game. That's you know, and it's this horrible thing to confess, isn't it? I mean, you must think of me as some really selfish ugh, person, you know. <laughs> That's how I feel. I don't feel good about it, and. Um, but, you know, this is a confession. This is the honest truth that I want to be with these people. Uh, these are my friends. And um, I need to provide for them what I, what I can. I think if we were at home, I I might sort of suggest uh, cracking out a board game. Something that, you know, we, we doesn't need me to organize it. 
because role playing games demand that much more that organization and um and yeah someone has to do it and it always ends up being kind of me because you know I'm the host and and that's the expectation of the GM isn't it I don't think it's a fair expectation by the way I think Ron Edwards when he when he questions that he says well why can't other people take some of these aspects of what is the GM ultimately you could dis- distribute all of the GM's tasks amongst the players if you were using um you know, a GM emulator to deal with the questions in the setting and you weren't too worried about the verisimilitude of the setting, you could you could use like the solo engine like Mythic and you wouldn't have to have a GM per se. You just need a host and somebody who um, lends us a space and somebody who organizes it and somebody who communicates with everybody and, you know, all those things that um, Andy Goodman listed in his episode. And if you haven't heard that episode, you should go and listen to it because it is a really interesting episode, uh, a very personal episode, I think. Anyway. Uh, so that's how I feel. I'm going into work this morning. I'm looking forward to to teaching, um, and I know I'm going to be exhausted afterwards. And then I think I'm not, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to have to show up and be honest. I don't know. We'll see. <sighs> I'm sorry if this brings you down, guys, but I need to get it out of me, and I guess I'll share it with you because that's what this diary is about, isn't it? The truth of being a dungeon master, a game master. I don't know. It's Saturday morning. We didn't play last night because, well, I've got a cold. I'm pretty sure it's a common cold. None of the big C19 symptoms. And, um, yeah, so yesterday I was exhausted after work and I was uh, really, really, really knackered. Uh, went to sleep about 2 o'clock in the afternoon until probably about 4, 3.34. Um, and then I could barely cook, actually. I felt really tired and rough. So we ended up in bed quite early. Um I slept through till five this morning, which is sort of normal for me, but a longer sleep, feel a lot better, but still really rough, um, no cough, just an upper snotty nose, you know, upper, upper head, headache, tiredness, so that's one thing, but let's be honest, you heard my uh, last roleplay rescue Dungeon Master's diary entry, in which I just set up, I didn't really want to play, um, actually it's not that, I, I just I just don't feel in a place to run and, and I just realized this morning if I'm really honest about it I need to I need to just stop running for a bit um I feel about the Han game as well similarly that uh well I feel bad about it because I think the last the last session we had three character deaths from that we've lost a player um which I you know is as always personal you know personal health and mental health issues um you know are playing into all of this so I take that as red Nonetheless, you lose a good player. And to be honest with you, that player was one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to play. Um, you know, someone I really want to play with and I can't now. Um, so until until he's better, I feel like I don't really want to uh, in a way. Uh, but more than that, um, another player has already communicated that they're probably not going to make it next week. So we're two down out of five. Uh, that was going to be a new player introducing a new character. I've got two other characters that need introducing to, you know, to a game and it's going to be effort. And I honestly... I just lost the will, honestly. I feel like I've got no energy for running. I just feel like the most inadequate DM, if I'm honest. So I think I'm just going to email people today, message out and um, and confess to that and uh, place things on hiatus. Maybe maybe it's just that I'm running up to the summer. Um, but I even feel about a podcast, I'll be honest. I'm sitting here recording this, but I'm really glad that next weekend is the first DMD episode out. And then after that... I actually have uh, the interview with Andy Goodman, which has been wonderfully edited by 
by Minion Bravo and I'm just kind of hoping that uh, maybe that's okay I haven't listened to it yet but I'm hoping that's okay enough to put out as an episode so I don't even have to think about it for another four weeks because right now I don't even have energy for that I just feel like empty so um yeah that's where I'm at there you go uh not the best place right and um yeah I'm probably gonna have people like uh you going oh you've been too hard on yourself uh maybe um but this is how I feel right now you know I always feel like those things there are times where people are judging you as being too hard on yourself it's like they're discounting your emotions must be how depressed people feel when they're um when they're at the depths of it and people don't understand it I suppose that you know nobody can really understand where you're at uh, I'm not depressed I'm just very low um, and uh, that lowness hasn't hasn't you know been continuous over three months so you know we're not going to the doctor but um I am low and um I think that's understandable I just think oh, you know to be honest with yourself um so right now as I sit here today I can't even begin to think about running a game and so press pause Hey Jay, Jason here. Just want to say I enjoy Dun- Dungeon Master Diary 44, parts 1 and 2. I apologize for the noise. Um, it's a travel day. Um, in the van, going home. So, anyhow, enjoy the episode. I hope you find what you're looking for in your journey. I hope, you know, I look forward to you sharing and to be able to interact with you during that. And maybe I can learn something from your journey. Who knows, maybe I'll get off my duff and go on the journey myself a little bit but best luck to you and, and and i hope to be here for you and you know along you with alongside you during it so take care and i'll talk to you soon it's tuesday in the morning um what's the date today 21st of july and um wow yeah i actually had um a good and positive weekend and um yeah got over this cold thing saturday um deb and i went out to a pub actually for a first ever pub meal since march um and that was a really positive experience and then sunday obviously we just went offline and, and had a day together um it's really great and uh i actually started reading again the wonder book uh by Jeff Vandermeer, which is an incredibly inspiring book about writing fiction. Um, I would kind of suggest that the first chapter of that on the, on the imagination and nurturing the imagination is sort of recommended reading for anybody, although it's a kind of a pricey book to pick up just to read one chapter. But yeah, that was good. And um, I've been continuing reading The Lord of the Rings as well, sort of delve deeper into that. And um, but something amazing on the gaming front kind of happened as well. So having kind of completely bailed out of all GMing responsibilities, it was really weird how the sudden kind of creation of that um, space uh, kind of got filled very quickly. And um, in the last sort of three days, uh, so on the first day, on 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 a Saturday, Derek, my friend Derek, um, the Reverend, um, offered to run Doctor Who on the Saturday coming, which is when I was going to run Han. And um, I don't know if there are any other players um, stepping up, but he it was just great and wonderful that he sort of said, hey, you know, we've been talking about doing this Doctor Who game for a while. Shall I just run it? And, um, of course, I said yes, although I, fingers crossed, some other players will step forward, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I also followed up on the previous offer from Ireland to 
place of Antonio 20 Conan. And as of yesterday, we, we set a date for that. Um, was it Saturday? Maybe it's Saturday we set the date. But anyway, Wednesday week, so not tomorrow, but a week following, um, Arlen is going to run a session zero and try and find a couple of other players. And um, and then we're going to probably miss the week when my wife is off on holiday. Um, although we don't have to do that, to be honest. Um, but probably going to miss that. And then we're going to play for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, just a short taste of 2D20 Conan, really, into the summer holiday on Wednesday nights every week. Um, but also I, I had an offer, so Saturday evening and then into, and sort of yesterday, really negotiating this yesterday and last night, um, a guy called GM Paragon, um, who weirdly enough, I'd put, he's, he's a listener. Hi. <laughs> um, I weirdly had kind of had some contact with via the dungeon Discord, audio dungeon discord before I, I bailed on that. Um, had been in touch about and talk about GURPS a bit and then, had Stafford to run me 220 Star Trek game. He sort of heard the, me talking about it in episode 701 and just got in touch and said, hey, I'm happy to run a game for you. And we're talking about really a, a, a sort of a longer, a mid-length campaign, really. He'd like to run at least eight weeks. Um, so we've agreed through starting next Thursday, I think it's that way around, Thursday night for Trek, um, and then weekly on a Thursday night, it's going to be playing some 2D20 track. He's going to try and find some other players. And um, and yeah, we're off. Um, so I'm really, I'm quite stunned because I didn't expect to be invited to play anyone's games. And what's also amazing is that there's people that, you know, if you'd have asked me a month ago, I wouldn't have known that I would be doing, I wouldn't have even dreamt that these people would want me in their games. So I'm just so honoured and flattered, really. Um, so thank you to Arlen and to GM Paragon and and to Derek as well for kind of offering to step up. And I guess the sadness is that my Friday night game is essentially kind of falling by the wayside at the moment. Um, none of those guys seem to want to pick up the baton. Um, I sort of half hoped, fingers crossed, that they might, but I'm not surprised that they haven't. For the reasons I outlined, that why they were playing on a Friday night was it's sort of social, really, and to escape, you know, the sort of rigors of life and... Um, Nobody wants to take on another game. So I get that. Um, and the other wonderful thing has been how the players have responded. They've been very supportive of me. Um, I think, you know, to be honest, that's that's sort of what I would hope for. But um, I always feel bad and, and, and guilty about, like, not providing a game. But this is probably the first time I haven't felt that way um, in the aftermath. That I actually felt it was just a huge lifting of a burden off me. Um a burden I didn't want to carry anymore. You know, this whole sort of running a game for the sake of running a game or running a game that I felt like was what others wanted to run. I think um, a bit part of it was because for a long while I've not known what I wanted to run. And now I kind of think it's forming in my mind what I do kind of want to run. If I run a game, what I want to run. And actually, in a lot of ways, I, I really crave being a player, which, um, again, I never would have thought of six months ago. I never would have imagined that... Um, you know, I'd want to do that. So I'm going to give it a go. I don't know um, how I will fare as a player. I've not been a player in a very long while um, and never consistently since I was uh, a teenager. So this is all going to be a, a bright adventure, but I, I'm excited about it and I, and I feel positive. And um, I also feel like I've got space um, and I found myself wanting to write and create um, and I found myself want, sort of dreaming about things and thinking about things and... Um, yeah, 
it's just a really good place to get to and I wanted to sort of note it in the diary so there you go I hope you're well I know I'm feeling better um if tired you know it's got to drag myself through this last week of school <laughs> game on <laughs>